Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer five exciting questions while live on air. Hello, everyone. This is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. And I keep on forgetting that we are being also recorded by cameras for TV. So, yeah, I I don't know how this will go. So, hello, everyone. And hello, everyone on air. Hello. Yes, and this is our guest. Now you can actually see our guests if you are watching this on TV. This is so bizarre. Yeah, you can actually even wave. Yes, I We like have waving. a camera here. We have a camera over there. We are spoiled. And this is still so weird because this is a second show that we are re recording without the headset. Normally we had headset. We could hear each other. Now I don't even know if I'm being recorded, if I'm on a radio. I'm losing my identity as a radio host. <laughs> but um, most welcome. Uh, we have our wonderful guest here. You can see him. We have Marta ready to co-host with me. Right, Marta? I'm not sure uh, about co-hosting, but I am definitely sure about learning uh, quite a lot of new stuff today. Definitely, because we have a fantastic topic. I know that I always say we have a very special topic, we have a very special guest, but you know what I realize? We are just good at choosing special people and special topics. That's why. So I won't be humble about it. And I will say it's special because this is the first time in You've Got Five Options when we actually talk about security on Internet and in this uh, highly digitalized and technological world. And we have someone who would love to share his experience because he actually works. OK, um, first of all, Jonuts Cornelius, Cornelius Jonuts. I don't know. I think you should just use Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius. Most of my friends and colleagues in Denmark knows me, know me as Cornelius, so I think it's the safe way of the calling safe way me. of calling you. So we have here Cornelius, who will talk about his own experience and his own private thoughts about the security on the internet. And actually, you have wrote to us that you would like to be a guest on the show, and you came up with this idea to talk about, you know, the dangers of internet and technology. Am I correct or am I making this up? No, you're not making this up. No, the, I know your show from, from people that were guests at your show. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing the fact there's a lot of uh, place for creativity, you know, but I think that most of the serious things that, are, uh, that we're meeting in our daily lives are kind of a bit left aside. And I think security on, uh, on, uh, on Internet or just IT security in general is one of the topics that are should be addressed. And mm -hmm. I'm saying this as a specialist uh, uh, in, in, in the field or as a person that works in this field. Mm -hmm. And also because I noticed a lot of the internationals that are coming to Denmark mm -hmm. have a lot of questions about uh, the media attacks and then um, um, a lot of the spam uh, that are happening on the, uh, in, in the country and not mm -hmm. only here, world level. Okay, so uh, you basically are on a little bit of a mission to help people uh, understand or become more aware 
about those dangers or potential consequences of being, let's say, more like freely doing stuff and not really caring about uh, security, right? It's it's kind of like you're, you would like to... It's um, it's spot on. Is convert it, people? No, for that's, internet that's, safety. <laughs> that's not the purpose. Mm-hmm. I think the first step in being safe in in all the aspects of mm-hmm. our life is to be aware. Uh, and again, I'm not going to use a lot of technical words, and I'm just going to explain as I would explain to my grandmother. Uh, no offense for the listeners. I know some of them have a higher level of understanding. It's just we. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that everyone understands what I'm talking about. Including your, uh, you, uh, you know, us. Yes, and, and everyone. We, and we want yes. the grandmother level, actually. Yes. We love the grandmother level. Yes. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, explaining something like to a five-year-old is uh, a skill that is a super special skill. Yes. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you know, you just sound like someone who throws terms on people and they don't really get you. So this is actually a fantastic um, attitude you are having. And interesting that you said grandmother. This is what we were actually lately asking our guests because we realized that five years old might know uh, a little bit more about this than we uh, can suspect. So actually explaining this like to a grandmother could be a good a good approach. Um, but before uh, we will give you a bit of a space to introduce yourself, I would like to say that uh, this show will be uh, divided into parts. In first mm-hmm. part, Jonas, uh, I'm sorry, Cornelius. Don't See, apologize. <laughs> it's because I can actually pronounce your name. Yes, you know, So that's that's the whole thing. Uh, so Cornelius will Tell about his five picks for those, uh, let's say, things we should be aware of regarding the safety and security on Internet. And then I will have my five picks, which are probably a little bit more crazy and futuristic, but they are there <laughs> nevertheless. And I will ask um, Cornelius and Marta for their opinion. Uh, so this is how the show will be structured today, because we love structure. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Okay, I'm divided. See, like the show. But please tell me, because if we understand correctly, you are not a Dane. I know you're not a Dane because I can pronounce your name and I know for a fact that you are from Romania. So uh, how did you end up actually here in Denmark, Cornelius? Yes, um, you're right. I'm born in Romania and I lived there until five years ago when I moved to Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um in two weeks, I'm going to have five years in Denmark and hmm, proud nice. of that. And I still want to stay here, which is also a good thing for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a quite, let's say, interesting story in terms of um, personal or professional development because mm-hmm. um, I studied biology and my master is in veterinary medicine. So you might well, ask... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah, so you might ask yourself what I'm doing in IT. Is uh, At the end of my uh, master's degree, I started a PhD in uh, molecular biology, but the grant was cancelled in 2007. There was a financial crisis that hit mm-hmm. Europe. Um, so over the night, I had to change my job, uh, mainly because I couldn't find anything for two, three months. And a friend of mine was asking, okay, do you know anything about IT? At least do you know how to guide someone and tell them how to uh, restart their PCs? And that I can do. So uh, I joined a, an IT company in my hometown in, in Romania, and um, six months I decided that, well, it's too easy for me. I want something different. 
five, my, uh, five years actually uh, after I was a team leader in uh, my own team and then uh, I had a lot of certifications and a lot of training classes mm-hmm. and experience gathered. So uh, I also wanted a bit more. Uh, there's something that has to do with the social status uh, or how it's like to be a professional in Romania. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something different and I always liked the Scandinavian culture and I was reading a lot about this even before thinking about Denmark. Uh, and all of a sudden, my uh, wife, at that moment, she was my girlfriend, she decided to start a second degree in Aarhus. So I said, mm, that means this must be a good sign. So okay. I came here and visited Aarhus once. I liked it. And after six months, I moved here. Okay. <laughs> you are aware that we are just being recorded. Like, holy crap. Yeah, just are go you ahead. by Are you by, really, you are by education a biologist? Yes, and my master is in veterinary medicine. So I actually have half profile in veterinary medicine. Okay, and you wanted to make a PhD in molecular biology. Yes. Wow. So that that's is that is that quite close to quantum physics? Uh, no, I think it's easier. It's easier to grasp. I don't like physics, so I don't want to talk for. I mean, all due respect for physicians, but uh, I think biology is much easier to grasp than okay. physics. Can I throw in a question here? Yes, go ahead. You can so, throw whatever. Yeah. You just throw it. Who a lot. did you want to be when you were a kid? <laughs> um, I wanted, in uh, again, all cards on deck. Um, I wanted to be a priest when I was a kid. Uh, so it was very interesting. I saw that coming, yeah, yeah. priest. I really wanted, and, and only because that it's not a secret, but my family name translated in Romania, it actually means priest. Really? Yeah, so if you say to someone, then if you're not using the one more letter at the end, everyone would think, are you a priest? So I said, no, no, this is just a family name. So okay. I wanted to be a priest, and then I didn't succeed in getting to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, uh, I wanted to be a military person. I really like structure. Um, <laughs> I really like that. A military person, a biologist, a veterinarian, ending up with IT security. Yeah, you might say that I don't know what I want from life, but I can assure that I had some very good ideas about what I want to do. So it's just I followed my instincts more than my rational side of the brain. So if I liked something, I just start doing it. Mm -hmm. And it works. So that's the good thing. It's actually worked because if you would have asked me when I started in IT, I said I'm I might end up in a call center like in a Slumdog Millionaire uh, movie, uh, just um, dealing with unhappy customers. But I didn't want to do that, so I looked for something much more interesting. Yeah. So I just did it by myself. Okay, that, that's that's an awesome story you have over there. Thank you. I have to say, and just to clarify, a priest of a church, Orthodoxic church, or yes, Catholic? Orthodox church. Yeah. So you would you would be able to marry. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, that, that's <laughs> well, it's actually it's a prerequisite to be a, yeah, to be a priest. You need to get married uh, yeah. in order to become a priest. So okay. it was a bit too 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 early at that moment to think. It was just a high school in the main mm-hmm. in order to be, yeah. become a priest. You need to, to finish high school Okay. and okay. university. Okay. So, yeah, because, you know, we are uh, from Poland and we are from a Catholic yeah. version of the Christianity and uh, our priests cannot marry. But I, I actually know for a fact that in, in Orthodox religion you can marry. And I think in some cases you have to marry. Like Yes, in, you have to. Yeah. Okay. So this this is a fantastic <laughs> story, I have to say. And I'm completely, uh, you know, throw a bug because I didn't hear it. Yes. And I think you could see it. Now I really am starting to regret this video, <laughs> TV 
think, well, I would like to say hello to all of our people who are watching. I really had no idea that you will come up with this. Yes. What a great story. But currently you are working as an IT security assessor. Is that a correct? Yes, that's yes. The, the title. That's um, the title. Okay. And uh, how do you enjoy your job so far? Because I, I guess in three years you'll be an ast astronaut or something. So <laughs> I'm just asking for this specific moment. Well, as I said, uh, I don't know if it's if it was just me dreaming about structure, but also I found a lot of the things that I wanted from life in IT world. Mm -hmm. uh, my first job in uh, in IT in Denmark was uh, still at Arla, and uh, it was major incident manager, where you have to work in a different way than a regular eight to four job. You sometimes you need to pick up phone calls at um, two o'clock in the morning and mm -hmm. just wake up in two minutes because some IT systems are down and you really need to coordinate people. So the military thinking and that job was okay. But that was more a reactive kind of job. Mm -hmm. So you always had to have a high level of adrenaline in yourself and then be ready uh, as a mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and last year I was offered to, uh, to start this position, which is more, uh, let's call it strategic and proactive. So I'm not dealing directly with the uh, IT issues and security. I'm just uh, doing forecasting and I'm making sure that they are prevented. So now I'm a bit behind the fence trying to prevent things to happen. Okay, so from a firefighter, you transitioned into a, a, a let's say, a proactive guardian of the galaxy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> It's awesome. it's uh, just to give a short example is that if an IT security person is mm -hmm. going to take all the heat in case of a uh, security incident, meaning dealing with the issue, trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, in my job, I'm traveling to a la production sites and I look into their infrastructure and look for the weak points that can be used by perpetrators and that people that want to do harm to company or just in general. Mm -hmm. So I'm pinpointing those issues and make sure that I help my colleagues to fix them before actually becoming an a flaw, issue. an issue yeah. and stuff. Awesome. Sounds really awesome. I think I like your job. Yeah. <laughs> I, congratulations. I like it a lot. And I Thank like you. the I like the proactive part in it because I think we humans uh, are sometimes not so good at being proactive. So that's the cool part. But uh, Cornelius, you came <clears throat> up with five different topics you would like to briefly tell us about. And we haven't prepared because okay. we want to learn together with our listeners and viewers. So you will actually have to explain it like to a grandma. And I think we will start with number one, which you have proposed, and that is data breaches. So please tell us what it is. Yes, I decided to focus on this topic because I think every week, um, not necessarily if you're reading uh, specialty media, but every week there is a scandal or there is an article on the internet talking about data breaches. Mm -hmm. And I've met a lot of people that don't know what this is. They just mm -hmm. assume that, okay, the company is losing data. Mm -hmm. uh, but more than that, companies are losing your data. Okay. And the, the practical the part in, uh, in this thing is that, uh, well, data breaches are the, lo the loss of uh, intentionally or unintentionally loss of private data. Mm -hmm. And another um, thing that I noticed in uh, my dialogues with people is that everyone blames the companies uh, because that means a hacker, a hacker attacked a company and then uh, there was data leakage and then all this information was sold or used for other purposes. Mm -hmm. When actually this counts only at 25% of the causes. 45% of the cause is the human behavior. 
Okay. So human error. There was uh, there were so many cases lately where uh, employees have lost USB drives with the medical data for for the customers or yeah. for patients in general. So um, yes, a hacker or a perpetrator has used this information mm -hmm. in the wrong way, but it was actually a human being that lost the drive. The, mm -hmm. the USB drive. So that's one of the things that I want, I kind of, uh, it would be great if most of the people would understand is that, yes, there are data breaches, but most of the causes is, is because the employees have not respected the basis and the basic rules of being security safe, companies or personal. Okay, what would you say? Because I actually, I think I uh, I have read about data, cer certain examples of data breaches. Mm -hmm. Definitely something like losing a USB stick with the data. It's, it's of course, something we don't plan. Uh, it, it happens, but definitely there would be, the, I guess, an advice, you know, just to make sure that it's encrypted. Probably you will tell us what to do in those cases. Um, but uh, would you say that in the same category, we have actually people who are trying to get into the company's data by somehow seducing some of the employees by either pretending to be a potential customer or a potential supplier and trying to get some information by building a trust or, or, or trying to say that they are someone else. Is this the same category of, of, of data breaching? Uh, no, this is different. It's not, not very different. But data breaches is can be, of course, uh, obtained through uh, a scam or mm -hmm. through social engineering, exactly what you say, psychological mm -hmm. manipulation. But this is more of the uh, phishing and wishing and smishing, the things that, that I'm going to talk on the have, next yeah. point. So, exactly. of course, you can get access through a lot of uh, ways, but mm -hmm. in data breaches, most of the uh, the channels the perpetrators is, is reaching to the company or to the device is just by having access, so uh, either hacking or malware attack, either by literally finding a device or accessing. Yeah. And I'm going to give an example. Most of the companies worldwide are providing devices to employees like a laptop or um, a phone. Mm -hmm. A company that is aware of the security risk is also going to make sure that if a device is lost, it can be wiped in a matter of two minutes. Okay. So I can understand if someone is losing a PC or it gets the phone mm -hmm. stolen and then literally this happens in our daily life. You don't have to be professional for this to, to happen. Mm -hmm. But if I meet someone that tells me that they lost a hard drive uh, or a USB drive, then uh, instantly I would ask, why in the world would you keep your uh, private um, information on a removable device? I mean, we have cloud, we have all kinds of ways to share information now. So maybe 10 years ago, you could have explained this. Now I wouldn't understand if someone tells me that they had, I don't know, 6,000 customers' uh, data or private information mm -hmm. uh, on a USB drive that was stolen or lost. Okay. So. Because, you know, now when you talk about this, yes, I am guilty as charged. I lost a company laptop once. Actually, I... As IT security told me, I didn't really lose it. I abandoned it uh, because I left it in a train. I remember, mm -hmm. you know, it was a stupid mistake because I had my purse and I had my computer bag. Mm -hmm. And then I got some additional bag or something. I don't remember. It was a present or something. Mm -hmm. And then when I was leaving a train, you know, automatically I can't count it. I have two things in my hands. I have a purse and a bag. 
Yeah. It's just that I had three bugs that day and I <laughs> forgot that that computer is actually, you know, on, on the top of the seats. Yeah. And uh, then I lost it. So I have straight away called my manager mm-hmm. uh, to say that, you know, my computer just, you know, it's in a train. I actually wanted to come back, but I couldn't. And uh, then I had to, you know, go through a procedure of reporting this and I mm-hmm. reported to the police and so on. I am absolutely sure that nothing was wiped from that computer because I retrieve it, you know, it it ended mm-hmm. up in some city and then someone, it's Denmark, someone brought it to the police, so it was there and so on. But um, I have to say that I don't really remember any like a quick reaction procedure um, I only know that I had to, it, the procedure was very long and quite mm-hmm. embarrassing because they told me I abandoned my computer. And, uh, but I don't, uh, nothing was wiped out. Do you think it's, but there was a codes and encryptions that I think you had to put in in order to access it. Do you think it's enough? First of all, not all the companies are protecting their assets through okay. a, a process or a procedure that regulates the way um, or regulates uh, the, the, your reaction in case you're losing a, of an asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mainly because it costs money, uh, mm-hmm. and also because it was your device. Usually, those devices are having a specific label on them. Mm-hmm. Or they have a sign, or you are informed as an employee what to do in case you're missing and uh, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're losing an asset. And usually, by default, uh, if you're losing a, a laptop, uh, then, of course, if the company has a uh, service desk, you need to call the service desk and someone should do it as a good practice immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, if I would be in this place and sometimes I am in this kind of situation, I don't think twice. Uh, if someone reports the PC is stolen, I would just go ahead and wipe all the information. Okay. And also because depending on the investment of the company is that you can actually track on GPS where is the device. And also because some of the systems are so well done that you can be maybe one of the best people uh, in uh, hacking or in IT in general, mm-hmm. but you won't be able to access that data on the on the hard drive, no matter what you do. So the, the best case scenario, they can remove the hard drive, replace it with a new one, and then they can use it as is. But if you want to use that specific hard drive, then you can't because the level of encryption is, is high. Okay. But, you know, I, I really don't remember if I went on. I know that I had this emergency uh, security uh, mm-hmm. phone number on a computer. Okay. So <laughs> I don't really think I was able to call them, but I, I called my manager. But um, I think I, I just went with my gut feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I felt, okay, I, th- I think I have to call my manager and I think I have to call my manager now. Yes. I don't remember going through any training at that point or any, um, like, what to do when you when you have this situation. But I will have a question then, uh, mm-hmm. just to close the data breaches topic. What would you advise us? people, the employees or people who have their own business and carry around the data, what would be the minimum um, level of, of, of protection in this case not to um, make those things happen? First of all, I assume that most of the employees have a specific level of access to specific type of information. Mm-hmm. So that also changes a bit the balance because if you are in a uh, on a job that deals with uh, secret or confidential information, information, then of course you will be guided on how to store and transport this information, like a mm-hmm. level of encryption and yeah. cloud security and so on. 
if you're a regular employee or a personal, just make sure that you're not losing the uh, any external drive or unpluggable or jump drives. Okay. Uh, and specifically, don't store critical information on something that can be lost. I mean, again, 10 years ago might have been a bit difficult to store this information because cloud was expensive and we didn't have uh, network area storages, mm -hmm. home and so on. But now it's rather easy. So why would you transfer confidential information on something that can be lost? That's as a person. As a company, we can't do that much. We can only make sure that we don't uh, open the door to, to the uh, bad people, let's call it like this. We can't really influence uh, if we are not in IT or if we're not dealing with the servers. You can't really stop a hacker attacking the server or the data center. Mm -hmm. But you can make sure you prevent it by having a correct posture in, in your daily life. Don't lose passwords. Don't let other people check your password. Um, mm -hmm. Don't give links to essential information to other people. So. Okay. I think that uh, closing this topic, because you you made a question which I would say probably is rhetorical, but it's a question nevertheless, meaning why would you store important information on something that is, you know, you can move or it's a remote thing? Okay. I think uh, for many of us, it's still a force of habit. Yes. And I think that especially for me when I, you know, I'm not as young as I look like, I wish, but <laughs> I'm not. I, You know, that was the way we were transporting data. USB was the most common way, you know, and especially when you couldn't share things over some uh, sharing platforms and, and the clouds. You were just plugging in your USB, copying something, giving it to another person. So I think it's um, important to update the mindset, but sometimes it can be tricky because for I think for IT people, it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious. Like yeah, why, most why, of the why, times. Yeah. Why would you even think about this? Well, because I was born in the 80s and this is how we roll, you know? So basically, I think that this is two ways uh, road that uh, I think people who are very updated technologically and have this open-mindedness and understand all of this, they also have to be aware that some people are, you know, just uh, used to some things and you really have to make this awareness. That's why I think it's a really good thing you are here. As I said, I just gave the example with USB drive, but that mm -hmm. at this moment, I think it's one of the, the less critical aspects. But if, if, if people want to know exactly how to avoid data breaches that are triggered by the human behavior, make sure the passwords are correct and strong enough. Make sure that you don't provide access to critical information that might harm the company. That's mostly for the employees because mm -hmm. those are the, the biggest threats. Yeah. Uh, your actions will affect thousands of people or at least a few hundred. Of yes. course. But now we are going to this phishing and vishing. And I will be honest with you, I've heard about phishing actually quite a lot. I don't know what vishing is. Is this a, a version of phishing? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. And there's actually a smishing as well. Smishing? Uh, yes, I will okay. just give you a, a brief Please, please just, just tell us what is phishing and vishing. Marta, do you know? Phishing, yes. The rest, no. No. Okay. So phishing and vishing, Cornelius, what is that <laughs> and why we should be aware of that? Those are uh, uh, types of scams that are mm -hmm. used by uh, by uh, people with uh, bad interests or good interests for them in order to get access to uh, personal information. Uh, later on, this personal information can be used to impersonate you for mm -hmm. in dialogue with, uh, I don't know, banks and uh, maybe hospitals and other institutions. 
And the difference between uh, them is the way they are communicated. Phishing is the, the email way of uh, providing information. Mm -hmm. Phishing is the voice or the phone calls, most likely. Ah, okay. And then smishing is the SMS uh, scams that we are all aware. Okay, um, <laughs> now I, it makes sense now. Yes. Okay. And the more the, the reason for which I want to focus uh, on uh, on those three is because I get at least two, three uh, 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 scams a month at least, and maybe now because I blocked really? another numbers. Yeah, it's it's that common, and I'm thinking that I know how to behave and I know what to do. But I also know a lot of people that don't know what to do and uh -huh. they uh, go through uh, internet uh, YouTube videos and they try to act like other people which are actually specialists and they know how to handle. Um, so I just have some, I want to set up some level of understanding about that. Okay, um, so please advise us something because I will tell you one thing. With this wishing, which is a voice thing, you know, with emails, I'm actually skeptical if they ask me to click on something, I'm not clicking. Even if it's, you know, people I know, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure, maybe I won't click, maybe I will. But with this wishing, it didn't happen to me because I'm really lousy at picking up the phone. <laughs> and I always had this philosophy that picking up the phone from a number you don't know, it's like taking a hitchhiker. Yeah. you know, to your car. So I know I'm, I'm quite weird here, but I've heard stories and I actually experienced that. You know, there was a colleague of mine and she was actually in the office. It was at working hours. She was getting a phone call from someone from Microsoft. Yeah, that's the most uh, common. I got it scam. today, guys. Yes. I got... Are you kidding? No, I just I have no Windows equipment. Bye. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is that, you know, because they, they can really like uh, confuse you with some terms and stuff, but then they are becoming, uh, there is something in a voice because she, she got upset. Yes. They are becoming quite demanding, uh, domineering, like, uh, listen, you know, you're in danger. Listen, I am trying to do my job. Da, 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 da. It is uh, putting a very uh, high psychological pressure. Yeah. And some people, uh, it's not even about, you are not even able to assess the re ridiculousness of the situation. You are just being dominated by by a voice and you, mm -hmm. you are kind of like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So what to do? Well, that, that's why I'm saying uh, those type of scams, uh, they are based on social engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, people will manipulate you in providing the right information. And as you said, on the, in the phishing, there are some aspects that you can consider and be safe, like the sender. Do I know this person? I don't know it. Then mm -hmm. send it to trash. Uh, check the domain. So whatever is after the at uh, the snebelay in the email address, mm -hmm. if it's something that just it just looks like suspicious, then just delete it straight away. Don't don't bother. If if there's something that wants to send you something, they will find a way to send it the correct way, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the voice phishing, the, the phishing is actually not that common, uh, but it's one of the most effective because it appeals to uh, human instincts. Uh, some of them are trained and they have years of experience in what they're doing. So um, I, I think the first thing and one of the, the, the best way is that, uh, first of all, if it's suspicious, just hang up. Again, mm -hmm. if there's someone that really wants to reach to you, they will reach to you. Mm -hmm. Also, always give yourself the right to doubt. Uh, a professional will always understand that if you feel threatened, you have the right to call the company back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give an example. There might be companies that are calling you, and that's also a very common type of scam. The bank is calling you, saying that there is a suspicious transaction on your card, and you need to provide some information. Uh, usually those kind of requests in the phishing sphere, they come with an element of urgency. Uh, as in, you have to do it now. now. You want something, you have only five minutes. The, 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 the commercial world is not working like that. You don't have only five minutes. You, you can call back, you're providing mm-hmm. with a hotline, and we all know that. So if you feel pressed at any moment, doubt, turn off the phone, Look for the company if you know it, otherwise they will call you back. But if you have the, the, the smallest fear in this, then just don't pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. I think that this is very good advice if you feel a level of pressure or when you don't feel comfortable with the phone call. Yeah. I think, And I think that this is one of those things that we don't feel comfortable as humans with just hanging up with no explanation. You don't have yeah. to excuse or explain yourself. You can always call back, as you said, to look for the for your bank's hotline and yes. say, I just got this phone call. It made me feel a little bit uh, weird. So yeah. I would like to, you know, confirm that this is actually coming from the bank. And if it does, you say, OK, that Mm-hmm. Maybe you should actually tell your employee to talk a little bit different because that's always a very good also, you know, a feedback to a bank. If yes. if your employee scared your customer that he hanged up and called back the bank, mm-hmm. you know, so um, so that's a that's a good uh, that's a good thing, you know, that you just hang up if you don't feel that this is not all right. You know, you have a right to do it. There's uh, another thing in regards to the the Windows support uh, or the Microsoft support. This Mm -hmm. is very common in Denmark. And I've heard colleagues uh, talking and then most of them, they already smart enough to just say not interested, not even saying not interested, literally just hanging Mm -hmm. up the phone. Mm -hmm. There is a trend on Internet with a lot of uh, uh, specialists that are um, having this quote in mind that um, more time spent with them in the line is actually less time for them to harm other people. And they Mm -hmm. accept to be a remote control and they accept to install a lot of uh, um, softwares that are, of course, malicious software. But keep in mind, they are specialists and most of them, I hope, they know what you're doing. So the fact that you keep them on the line, it's not, it might help in some way, of course, losing their time. But my advice is be precautious. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're into and if you don't, have a level of understanding of the situation, just turn off the, close the call and uh, blacklist the number. Also, if you see weird phone numbers, I, I got one with uh, a plus something and three digits, and I said, that this can't be right, mm-hmm. Aruba or something, so don't pick up. Mm-hmm. There's literally, yeah. I don't think, unless you have someone in Aruba that uh, uh, you think is going to call you. So again, uh, give yourself the right to doubt everything, especially when it comes, when you feel threatened. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that I get quite a lot of uh, wishing now that I yes. know uh, what it is about. I have several kids and on many occasions I get phone calls from parents that want to mm-hmm. arrange, uh, you know, play dates from schools, SFOs, kindergartens and so on. I pick up the phone. Because I get Mm -hmm. many occasions where I feel this could be related to the kids. So I usually pick up the phone. And so often I get this kind of thing. 
Yeah. And it's then, or, you know, I, for example, cannot pick up the phone and I see a lot of numbers. And so often I call it back and it says this number doesn't exist. Yes. It's really? Yeah. It's a very good way to know if you were uh, an easy way to know if it was a scam. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you call back, it's not going to work. This yes. number is going to be so you, I can see that I get that at least once a week. Yeah. And then I immediately block the number, of course, uh, when mm -hmm. I know that it has been this case. But I literally get it a lot because I do pick up the phone. Guys, I might be getting it, but how would I know if I rarely pick up the phone from numbers <laughs> I don't recognize? And I think I got super scared when actually my boyfriend picked up the phone from somewhere and it was i don't remember some country in africa mm -hmm. and uh, i don't know what happened but then for some reason some money disappeared from his bank account <laughs> i've heard it's some kind of elaborated one um so basically you know after the stories it's like i don't know the number i have an email address Please write to me. I like to control my communication. So, uh, but I also get phone calls from numbers. And sometimes just for, I would say, um, curiosity, I check them on internet because mm -hmm. there are some, some of the numbers are actually, you know, reported as scamming numbers or yes. something. So, and actually half of them are, half yes. of them are. And if I check the number that called me and I find that on here in Denmark it's called Crack Decay mm -hmm. uh, and I can see it's an actual person or a company I call back yes but uh, yeah that's how I deal with it maybe in a bit of cowardish way but uh, as long as you're safe uh, yeah as long <laughs> as I'm safe uh, by the way if uh, I don't know which camera is recording I'm still not used to that if I'm looking straight like not on our guest and not on my co-host and not in the camera it means I'm looking at our technician Dennis so he won't feel yeah he's a he's alive he exists he he's an actual person he's not a scam he's not a robot yeah and he's also not a not a product of my imagination so i i i can now imagine how this will look like that i sometimes just talk to the wall or to an empty space but i talk to a person Perfect. i have uh, i have one more thing to add about the sms which is also very common way of uh mm -hmm. Uh, being scammed. Uh, for people living in Denmark, there's a very good application uh, phone app called Selfosva. You will literally get alerts each time there is a new scam on the market. And uh, okay. the application looks is very well done. And uh, again, it's written in Danish. So if you don't have a minimum, min, minimum level of Danish, it might not help. Mm -hmm. But you get an insight on all the active scams on the market. So you could see yeah. a trend increasing, especially on the Christmas time or on sales or Black Friday. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. In, uh, I'm, I can only think about the people that have no basic understanding of IT. They might end up clicking. Um, but as a as a bottom line, if there's something that uh, raises your doubt, then most likely it, it requires a bit more attention. And also remember that in Denmark, the official communication with the institution is through a box and an MID. Mm -hmm. If you get anything that is asking you for money or uh, personal information, just delete it. Don't even bother opening it. Perfect. I think this is a very good piece of advice. 
and uh, I think we will also include the exact name of the application in the show notes for this program. Yes. The program will be available on our website, the5options.com, and also, like always, on Spotify, iTunes, and all podcasting apps. I feel like a lady who is <laughs> working in a promotional radio, but we have to tell people where they can actually find it. So uh, I will skip for now uh, the two topics that you, you have written because I want to make a nice and smooth transition to the rest of the topics and it will be a lot of fakery involved in that. Mm -hmm. So now I would like to talk about the consequences of weak passwords. Yes. And I would like to ask you, are there still any weak passwords? Because now when I'm trying to come up with a password, I feel it's almost like an intelligence test, like use capital and letter and some sign and it cannot repeat. And I'm like, oh, my God. And sometimes it actually literally takes me 10 minutes to come up with a password. But you still have the consequences of weak passwords. So is this still a threat? Yes, it is, because uh, now you're talking about something that is well-known is it, it, it builds a specific behavior in the way you have to put passwords. Mm -hmm. But weak passwords existed before the site was asking you for minimum 10 characters with the alphanumeric and a lot of asterisks and stuff. Yeah. So yes, if you have an email address that was created maybe 10 years ago and you haven't changed the, the passwords mm, to it, okay. then it's still a weak point, right? Yeah. Um, and let's face it, I don't know. For example, I'm having two, two email addresses, the one that I'm usually giving to everyone and then I'm, I'm using as a personal email. And I also have another one that I'm using when I'm buying something on the Internet or if I have to register for a webinar or whatever, mainly because I don't want my email to be highly accessed by a lot of spam, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe one day I'll just click the wrong way or... Um, yeah. So, yes, there are weak passwords, and um, I've seen uh, start one, two, three, four, user uh, one, two, three. Those are old uh, passwords uh, that are mm -hmm. still there. Okay. And I think there was uh, a few months ago, or just in the end of uh, last year, there was uh, an analysis made by an audit company, and they discovered that around 8 million or 8 billion, billion email accounts were used the wrong way. That was because the passwords were uh, uh, easy Just to access. Yeah. And there's actually a sign, uh, a site called Have I Been Pwned? I can give you the link where mm -hmm. you can put your email address and see if your email address was used in a, in a, like in data leakage or data breach and so on. Seriously? So you'd be amazed okay. to see that, yes, um, by just by using the rules that are currently on the website, um, only if by using, you're using the address the same time. So mm -hmm. if you're not asked, if you're not prompted to change your password, then you keep using that password. There is a risk in that. That's why it's recommended to change it regularly. Okay, so uh, if I take it correctly the two main advices would be create a strong password for god's sake yes. number one and number two would be um it's a good idea to keep two emails right it could be it's it's the idea that suits me um again mm -hmm. this is my private life uh, as a company uh, or as an employee most of the companies are providing a two-factor authentication meaning that First time when you log on, you have either have to use your email address or your username. And then the moment you input this information, you will get an SMS with yeah. a code. Mm -hmm. So 
th that's not, of course, the, the the best way, but it's it's the best current way to keep yourself to be safer. Mm -hmm. But I don't think as a person you uh, you will do it home. So at least protect yourself by having a good password. And again, remember, what are you protecting? Are you pro uh, protecting, I don't know, your hard drive that has pictures with family and, uh, I don't know, uh, important information? That's one. Uh, do you have a small startup and you have uh, budgets and a lot of yeah. accountability? Are you an employee and you're protecting the company? The the, the bigger the, the impact your, your uh, behavior has, the stronger the password should be, right? Of course. Yeah, makes sense. Um, the last question about the passwords I want to ask you is that many times we have this option and I use it on my computer to remember your password automatically. So mm -hmm. you are just automatically log on to many accounts. So each time I go on Facebook, each time I go on uh, Google or YouTube, I don't have to type in password. Mm -hmm. uh, would you advise us all to log out each time and then log on again? Uh, or does it it doesn't really matter until someone is actually having your computer in his or her hands? Now remember that you're putting your username and password on a site that belongs mm -hmm. to a company. And let's say yeah. there's a company that allows you to search for things on the internet. If that is breached, then your information is breached as well. Mm -hmm. I think password and username, again, depending on what you want to protect. I mean, if you have no no valuable information like banking, right? Yeah. And then you just want to buy on eBay. Uh, remember that on some of the sites you leave your bank account. So if it's yeah, something sure. that I wouldn't recommend to do it is to make sure that the accounts that are having, uh, that are linked to your bank information, it should always be, always be logged off. Okay. Or do not use that option that allows you to store banking information by default. Mm -hmm. I know it's easier because yeah, I'm, I'm, we, we're doing it. But mm -hmm. if it's something that is a new site and you say, I'm going to buy this dress only now and I'm most likely not going to use it, then just don't use it. Um, and also check the, the, the level of security. You know, there's before the WW, there's HTTP and HTTPS. Mm -hmm. If it is yes. an S, then it's a secured. So you can be a bit more relaxed in what you're doing. Yeah. If it's a site that you're not visiting very often, so then make sure you, you have one-time payment and that's it. Don't store data on Okay, but you, you have pointed out something super important. I think we all are trying to save time. Mm. We are all uh, annoyed with, you know, just putting passwords and logging in everywhere. So we are just looking for shortcuts and, you know, and modern setup of, of all these accounts and technologies allowing us to remember our passwords, to remember our uh, logins. So um, I think we are a little bit of a, a victim of our times. You know, mm -hmm. when we are actually uh, encouraged yes. to, to, to just store our passwords, you know, and then things can happen. Yes. But what I need to tell you now that we have a really great discussion and I'm learning a lot. And okay. I'm not sure if we will be able to go to the second part of the show because we will be talking about fake news and media manipulation. And that mm -hmm. is only your part of the of the things you wanted to present. So I'm actually thinking about making a second part of this show in the future where I would like to talk about the other things that I have found and I would like to hear your opinion about mm -hmm. uh, because it would be also ridiculous to squeeze it in the last five minutes. Okay. So let's just focus on, on, on your 
um, awareness yes. session today and hopefully we'll have you again in our program. What do you say? Sounds good. Marta, do you agree? No, I will not let Cornelius in because he I knew it. he scared me today by calling me and I thought it was another wishing. No, of course, yeah. you're very welcome, more than welcome. <laughs> it's really scary. interesting. It's really no, this, uh, uh, Of course, it's, it's great. We, we can uh, have the other aspects another time. Uh, and um, I think we can just provide a bit of introduction for the other part. Yeah, talking definitely. About, um, definitely. And I will, if we don't have too much time, I will just go with both of them at the same time because they kind of go hand in hand and then the one is fake news and then media manipulation. Um, yes. I think it's, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest threats um, that should concern us as public uh, people, not uh, necessarily as employees, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's mainly because a lot of the decisions uh, we do, uh, according to the studies and the recent uh, work, our uh, um, our reactions are uh, built by other people in some 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 yeah. way, and I'll just give you an example. Uh, I was reading an article about how the social media is influencing our behavior, mm -hmm. um, and that actually uh, that article pointed out the fact that when you're checking social media and you see a lot of people being happy because that's why most of the times we post on, on social media yeah. then it kind of makes me feel oh that guy is, on, is in Dubai or he's oh and I live in this country and then uh, it's it's cold and then you see another oh my god this guy is also traveling to uh, I don't know Ireland but I'm staying home so if you're very aware of your feelings and your, your state of mind you can see it so well that how social media is influencing you Yeah. now think about from the perspective that you get most of the times filled with a lot of wrong information, which is, uh, for example, media manipulation is influencing the fake news. You mm -hmm. see a guy that moves his lips, it looks like the real thing, and it's actually when you read, oh, this is actually media manipulation, and this is, this is a deep fake, uh, the, the thing that you mm -hmm. were saying, meaning that for an untrained eye and even for a pretty good trained eye, you won't see the difference mm -hmm. unless you double check, unless you have the interest. But let's let's be fair. How many times we double check the articles we read on the internet? I think uh, very rarely, to yes. be honest, unless we are very interested in the topic and exactly. we have the investigative, you know, DNA in us. Yeah. In us. But exactly, those are the last two topics we are talking today about. So fake news and media manipulation. So your statement is for now that media manipulation leads to fake news. Yes, what, it can, is one of the factors. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? Uh, okay, media manipulation. Do you think it's a domain of a public respectable uh, media houses and outlets? Or do we talk about more like a manipulating by, I don't know, everyday people on social media? What do you mean by media manipulation? I will, uh, I will give you an example uh, that mm -hmm. was very uh, well known. I, one of my hobbies is photography. So when I look at photography, I look at specific things that kind of tickle me. Uh, there was a big uh, prank last year on the 1st of April. Uh, one of the, mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember the outlet, but they published a photography with an elephant and uh, a lion. And uh, the elephant had a lion cub in the big nose. I uh, forgot how you call it. And there was a, a very, very uh, interesting and heartwarming message saying that there was a fire and the elephant saved the lion cub 
while the mother lion was just uh, joining them. It's just like, it looked fake from the first thing. You say, well, pff, I studied biology. It will never happen that. <laughs> and then when you look at the shades and at the picture, mm -hmm. you don't need to be a specialist to see this is a fake. Mm -hmm. Well, this was said, uh, sorry, this was shared for a couple of million times and taken by other big outlets. And I think it showed up in New York Times or something like this. So if big outlets yeah. are not checking, because yes, it's heartwarming and it's nice, but at least use common sense and double check. And mm -hmm. they, again, uh, sorry, I can't remember the outlet. They published the news the next day saying this was a fake, this is a prank, don't share it, it it's just yeah. wrong. And people are still sharing it on Facebook after two uh, years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was actually two years ago. Two years, and I keep seeing some of my colleagues, and I always report it as fake and send them a message with the Snope article on Snope saying, this is a fake, you shouldn't share it. Okay. So, yeah, because most of those campaigns are, again, uh, in all, most of the issues in IT security, they don't attack you from a technical point of view most of the times, but mm -hmm. they are appealing to your humanity they say well if someone is asking me my name why shouldn't i give him my name yeah. if uh everyone likes a mother with a child and, and but how many of us bother to double check those aspects i mean it's a good story but is this the real story yeah so what would you say we should we should do in order to be better at spotting that it has to do a lot, as I said, with your personality. A lot of the um, adults or the older people, they don't mm -hmm. bother to do that. And the effects are visible in some of the countries around the world, uh, looking at the political class. But if you are young or younger, I think it's your duty to make sure that you don't, first of all, share information that is not checked, no matter how good it looks on, on, on social media. Yeah. Check it, double check it. There are a lot of sites. I'm using snopes.com. Uh, you just search for the some keywords and mm -hmm. then you can see a lot of oh, oh, this is actually fake mm -hmm. um, and if it's something that sounds too good and it appeals I don't know to your human instincts uh, I'm not talking about campaigns like helping people and uh, helping poor mm -hmm. people and and war zones but if it sounds too good too good and it's kind of you feel your heart breaking if you if you want to <laughs> click a like or share it, at least make sure that you're aware that it's a fake thing. Yeah. And particularly be, be aware of the political contents. It's so easy to manipulate nowadays um, through the wrong political message that is sent. And uh, just a short story, uh, I was reading an article two weeks ago about uh, a tennisman from Romania. She's actually number two as in competitions from Romania. And she gave an article, uh, she gave uh, an interview to two of the famous journalists. And they posted on their website and on, uh, on the Facebook the entire interview. And then they came with an entire article with more than 50 different articles that were kind of written or uh, taken by other media outlets with a complete different uh, content. Okay. Just by saying we were never two good friends because... We never played tennis together in the school or in the tennis school. Mm -hmm. And they just took that only part. We were never good friends. Exciting. But. We were never good friends. So everyone is looking for sensation and everyone is looking for something that creates debate because we want to make ourselves heard. Mm -hmm. If it just sounds, uh, if it just looks like it has a lot of exclamation marks and if it's sensational, just avoid it. You can read it, but at least don't share it because 
It's okay. not the right thing. It's not moral. It's not illegal. It's not. It is wrong and immoral to do those things. Yeah, I think that we are touching now a very interesting topic of of the media ma- manipulation that leads to these fake articles or mm-hmm. fake things when you cut a sentence or you take a sentence out of context and it's they, that way more difficult to defend yourself because mm-hmm. you actually did say it. Yeah. You just said it in a different context, but it's super easy to to do it in that way. But I think we all know. Uh, I think there was this uh, very. Um, in famous case of a manipulation with some picture of a young child, a two-year-old child who drowned uh, somewhere and it was said that those are what the Syrian refugees are going mm-hmm. through and then it turned out that it was a different country, it yes. was a different context. So yeah. there are people who are trying to maybe win good causes by manipulati- manipulating media. There are people or there are politicians who are trying to scare us by using uh, certain pictures, you know, and, and, and manipulating them in a way and creating a fake news out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are fake news that started wars uh, or where, you know, uh, a justification of an attack of, of a certain country mm-hmm. on a certain countries. Uh, so I think it's a really fascinating topic and we have touched upon Uh, other things like um, like a deep fake, which is a fascinating thing, and it's a it's I would say it's kind of a technology that allows you to modify a face on it's it's like a Photoshop for video basically, right? Then we also looked at the fake news and the social media, but we also can look at the fake social accounts and what they can do and how they can harm you or actually make stuff for your business or for you personally. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to talk about a social credit system, the one that is now introduced in China. Uh, and there was a nosedive episode on Netflix for all of you who are watching Black Mirror, Mirror yeah. series, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Then there was a topic of microchips implants in humans that I wanted to discuss and of course future of workplace and you know how the artificial intelligence and uh, you know the whole computer progress will will it replace us or what it will do to us so a lot of fascinating topics there is no way we will cover them in the next two minutes so i do hope that you will visit us again and we can actually go deeper into those uh, things uh, because they are really I, i think those are really interesting things some of them a year ago would still be treated as science fiction and now they are a reality now we have it Now that technology exists. So um, I think it's really great to talk about those things, especially if you have people like me who still use <laughs> USB stick. Well, we all, we all learn no matter how good we think we are. There's always something that fascinates. I think nowadays life is based on a lot of learning and a lot of knowledge accumulated. So I wouldn't say that if you're working in a specific domain, you can't be surprised. And believe me, you can be surprised. Yeah, I believe you. I was surprised today and I <laughs> thought that, you know, I already know how mm-hmm. to introduce a guest and then you came up with all the stories. So, yes, I agree with that. I just want to say one one more thing. The, the things that are discussed and uh, as I said in media and nowadays there's a lot of space for sensational. This is not to scare everyone. It's just to be a bit more mindful. It's just to be a bit more aware about what happens. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking for some quotes today, 
leading to, to doubt, and I will finish with this one. Yes. There's a guy called Edward de Bono, which is creator of lateral thinking, meaning having different perspectives over things. And he said like this, everyone has the right to doubt everything as often as it pleases them, and we all have the duty to doubt at least once. So if you feel threatened, doubt. If you feel threatened out and with this, maybe not so positive, but very wise advice, we would like to finish today's program. So uh, thank you very much for being here, Jonas, and I do hope that we will see each other again and discuss other fantastic and amazing dangers that internet and technology can bring us. Thank you very much. Looking forward. Bye. Thank you. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, Send us your life challenge or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks!